Welcome to EdTech Speaks, a podcast bringing guests together to share their expertise and advice on navigating business and education in a technology-driven world. From entrepreneurs to vendors, higher education to corporate leaders, we'll uncover their perspective regarding the latest trends and technologies impacting your career or business. Our podcast is made possible by Downing EdTech Consulting, where people and technology connect. Hosted by Shira Downing, an experienced executive spanning a higher education and corporate career with specific focus on the edtech industry, Dr. Downing is also an international and national presenter, author, and regular media contributor. Now here is your host, edtech strategist, Dr. Shira Downing. Hi everyone, I'm Cher Downing, host of EdTech Speaks. As you know, the last six months have been an unprecedented time. We've plunged into living a remote lifestyle like no other time in our history. The good news is that we had technology to learn, grow, and entertain ourselves. Just think about it. What if this had happened 10 or 20 years ago, or even longer? We might have been sitting home reading books and watching three channels available to us on TV. Technology has provided us with the ability to still be connected with others. While it's not the same as a hug or sitting across from someone chatting, it still provides voices, faces, and a community during difficult times. And for this past six months, it has been a very difficult time for many, many people. And we've had the added issue of not being able to be around others for fear of risk, particularly for those that are high risk categories. So this really offered them an opportunity to stay connected unlike any other time in our life. For many, that time is gonna continue on and we're slowly starting to ramp back up across the nation, but we're also seeing some setbacks. So this will continue to be a valuable tool for our people. So to think about how to best move forward during this, we start to look at what did we learn? Uh, at first, we really didn't know what we wanted to do with ourselves. We struggled to get kind of aligned. Uh, for many people, maybe they got through reading all of their magazines and books, uh, binge watching Netflix and other channels. And now they're to a point where they kind of have an understanding of how it works, even if they're starting to go back to school or work in a hybrid mode. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a transition. And during this time, we had five guests in on the podcast that all talked about very interesting projects that they're working on in the ed tech space. And clearly, uh, unbeknownst to them when they started their projects, they would be so fitting during this really uh, pivotal time. So I wanted to take a quick look at the five things we've learned from our previous guests. One, we've learned that you can educate and earn in information online. The difficulty is in moving it quickly to a new medium versus being prepared and truly designing active instructional design. So this past spring, many schools had to suddenly move materials into an online environment without time, without preparation. Um, it really became something that was just detrimental to keeping their organizations and their students moving forward. 
So some of the complaints that have been uh, is that, you know, there really wasn't a learning environment. It was just a lot of flat information to have to learn on your own. Well, a lot of that is probably true. Um, some people were already prepped to teach online and had moved things over in a way that made it more meaningful and interesting. But for the majority, it really just became something they had to do. So think about it for a minute. Whatever job that you currently work in or whatever hobby you currently enjoy, imagine if somebody walked into your house and said to you, we're now going to start filming you and we're going to start recording you, your voice and we want you to show us exactly what you're doing, but we want it to all be online and we want people to understand without having you right there. Now, maybe that doesn't sound too bad and you think, oh, I could do that, but let's take an example. Let's say that you are a woodworker and you normally are out in your garage building things. Uh, suddenly, you can't show someone up close if they're holding a tool wrong, if they're not cutting the wood correctly, um, perhaps you know they're not even measuring accurately because you really have to have certain technology in order to show that and have it be meaningful. Suddenly, um, the things that you take for granted, you know where things are located, you have to explain to them where they get these things, where they can obtain them at a store. Uh, all the little finite details that you normally know from memory, or you actually would just go through the motions. It's really very hard to do. Uh, another example is if you're cooking, and many of you have watched cooking shows, I know, online, but think about it. When you see that person, all of their materials are prepped and in front of them. Everything has been pre-measured. They're pretty much walking you through the steps, but they're also talking you through the steps. So they'll tell you, you need to add a cup of milk. And then they'll look at the camera and say to you, but you may want to adjust this depending upon how soupy or how dry you want the product to be. That's the, the real caveat that we do when we are face to face. And suddenly you can't do that in an online environment on spur of the moment. It's much, much more difficult. So when you know someone who's teaching online for the first time, give them a pat on the back. This spring was rough and difficult on everyone and they've learned a lot and they're trying to put new procedures and processes into place for the fall term. But it is definitely something that we've all come back to learn that there is a possibility of learning online. And when it's designed well, you can learn very well. It's not a medium for everybody, but it can be done when there's a necessity as well. Um, our second desk talked about, you know, how we can be productive with virtual meetings and also remote working. So think about right now with all of your uh, tools and technology that you use for your job. Maybe you share files or maybe you have certain materials that you need to have access to that others don't. Well, that all has to be set up. So we've learned that when everyone became remote workers, we could hold very valuable virtual meetings. We could access materials electronically. We could set up uh, security for shared parameters. So the same people that had access to certain things could still do so. We also learned that if we gave them the right technology, they could really be pretty productive at work. Um, and that was mirrored when they moved home, if we gave them the same type of technology. What we learned was uh, for a business, it doesn't really matter where you're sitting, 
if you have procedures set up, if you have processes, and if you have good communication. Our guests um, really talked about how it's really working together and figuring out how to come up with the best project and the best process for what it is that your company does. We also learned about we could shop without being in stores. Now, for many of us, we use Amazon or other shopping sites, so that didn't seem like a big transition, but it certainly was purchasing groceries online without being able to look at things, without being able to uh, sniff to see if fruit was fresh, was really very, very different for many people. They've not had to do that before. Um, that's the joy many people get in going to a farmer's market because there is the opportunity to touch the selection to really choose the freshest products. So our retailers had to change what they did for us. They had to give us different kinds of pictures. They had to give us different descriptions. They had to talk to us about wait time. So if you put your order in and it takes a day to wait, you may want to order green bananas because they'll ripen in the time it takes to get to you. Um, we had to learn about, you know, others' recommendations. So if they were out of a product, what was a different product, different um, name, but maybe serve the same purpose? And many people, including the retailer, would tell us this would be a good substitute. Uh, for price points, maybe they also gave us a substitute in case we wanted to save some money. So it really changed how we thought about shopping. No longer were we just worrying about clothing and picking up things that were just for fun. It became shopping for necessities across the board. And it became utilizing two or three different retailers to get everything that you wanted delivered directly to your door. This is something we've not done in times past. And it's something that now people have realized does have some benefits. Um, there's time savings of not having to travel to retail locations and not having to spend the time picking things out. Uh, you just are waiting at home, you know when they're getting delivered and you put things away and you move on with your day. There's also the fact that you can do more price comparisons that maybe you ever did before. You may have just always gotten used to going to one location or enjoying one particular retailer, and now you've been exposed to a variety of retailers and have seen what all the different opportunities are. We also learned that we need community. Never before have we needed others for assistance, for help, um, or even just to hear our thoughts and concerns as much as during this past six months. Even being at home with people, if you lived with your own family, was difficult because you weren't used to spending that much time together. And those aren't necessarily the people that you learn to rely on and trust when you have a problem or you wanna just talk out an idea. The personal experience had to be transitioned online. We had to move to products like Zoom and start to do uh, calls on FaceTime and other uh, products that are out there that really helped us to see someone as we were talking to them, to hear their voice, to make sure they were okay. Uh, we really became focused on it in terms of figuring things out needing help to work on a problem, to understand who else was going through a similar situation. Uh, maybe it was even to move materials around or to move information if there was uh, bad weather or other things that were going to impact. We also used it to just share 
our concerns and our fears of not knowing how long this is going to last and what was going to occur going forward. Um, we used it to comfort people who have lost individuals during this crisis time and just lost individuals during this time through natural occurrence. But it's still hard when you can't help someone who's really struggling to work through the process. Um, we started talking about the what ifs. What if we go back in the fall? What if we don't go back in the fall? How will this mean we travel? What will this do for holidays? All of these things that really start to weigh on us. The, the things that we do in everyday life that just have always seemed there and available and comforting and allowed us to set goals. How many of you have said, you know, I'm going to lose weight before I go home for Christmas? Um, so you have a, a target, you know, I really want to do this. I've got four months to get this done. And all of a sudden that that's a moving target. You're not sure it's going to occur. And suddenly it's harder to get your goal moving forward. So we know the technology has been very, very helpful in our community status. Again, we've received a lot of positive from it. We've seen more and more people learn how to use technology, particularly in our groups that are uh, not recently had access. So perhaps they've been in lower income areas. Perhaps they've been in school districts that haven't had technology accessibility. Um, our senior population, more and more of them have gotten online to pay bills and order groceries and order medication, uh, have all the things taken care of for them that they normally would have, but suddenly there's an ease to doing it and they're not fearful. So it's allowed them to also expand their knowledge base and their world in looking through other things on the internet and having additional communication with people maybe they weren't having previously because they always just saw them. Uh, the other thing we've learned is medical treatments such as dial nurse or reaching out to a physician has become useful in many situations. We recognize again, not everything can be handled remotely, but we have found out quite a bit. Um, just as going to urgent care is faster often than going to your regular doctor, we've learned that we can dial in and get information quickly and efficiently from someone. We can use video to show them if there's an injury or a wound or a question on a rash. We don't have to sit in a waiting room and wait for long hours. We don't have to sit among other people who are ill. Um, we don't have to wait weeks to get on a calendar for an appointment. So there have been some benefits in learning how to use more medical services online. And that includes our pharmacists where we can now talk to them, we can put our orders in, we can ask questions, and we can have all of that information saved that's now in our data bank for future use. It's been a really challenging time, but I do want all of you to think about the benefits of what we've learned during this time. Um, over the last couple of months when we had our five guests in who talked about these impacts and all of the projects that they had started on previous to COVID-19, um, there were a lot of interesting things that came out of those conversations. For example, Stacey Termel shared with us the issue of ADA compliance on websites. Now more than ever, websites need to be accessible and usable by everyone so that their shopping necessities and all of their services can be afforded and can be um, reached. It's really been very interesting to know how far they actually had to go to do these things previously 
or what kind of external services they relied on in order to get that information. Suddenly, many of our disabled people have been able to do these services on their own because somebody has figured out how to provide technology in a way that is needful for them and useful. Uh, Chris Marsh shared with us her philosophy on personal branding for corporate and family businesses and talked about introducing technology to achieve those better efficiencies, especially during the pandemic when small businesses suddenly realized they lost their audience. People couldn't get to them to do retail shopping, to utilize their services. Um, many places had to close so that they didn't have that impact of um, everyone being in close proximity. And so how were they going to reach these people that they've only ever talked to face to face? She helped many of them and continues to do so in figuring out how to project your brand out and how to move that forward using technology and using social media and email and other platforms to move that forward. Even in the corporate setting, she talked about the fact that working on a major conference suddenly came to a screeching halt when no one could meet face to face. Through some really tactical and ingenious ways, they moved that around and were able to host a really great virtual conference of which now people are already asking about next year's. So again, there are ways that things can be done when you take a step back and you look at how can we make change and how can we use technology to our advantage. Stacy Abatista shared us, she's the CEO of MOMS, which is Moms of Multiples, M-O-M-S. It's a membership group and she started it because when you are a parent who has twins or triplets or quads, it's very difficult. You live a very different life than those people who take home just one baby at a time. And so she knew her expertise and her knowledge in working through these things and understanding all of the intricacies that happen when you have multiple children at the same time was really an opportunity to share that with others who were struggling, who were just starting out on this path. So already having plans to have materials online and have an online uh, communication group suddenly became even extra important with the pandemic because these very people who have multiples are also the very people that can't get out because they can't expose their children to the virus that's going around. So her business pivoted a little in the sense of communication and their community became instantaneous. And they started focusing on putting small little lessons together that anyone could access from anywhere in the globe. So if you're up for a 2 a.m. feeding, you could reach some quick recordings and have questions to answer that you were really concerned about in the middle of the night. You could also reach out and talk to someone because depending upon your time zone, you could likely find somebody who is up. Um, it's really a great opportunity of taking advantage of the technology, of supporting people when they most need it, and really building a community that's going to carry on for years and years. So it was exciting to hear about that. I'm excited to see where that project continues to go. And as they introduce more and more technology for some of the new things that they have on the horizon. I talked with Boyan Teragarajan. And he works at Salesforce, but not in a traditional office. He's a remote worker and he's incorporated working on great projects and being a uh, real champion for people who work in technology fields. So 
Salesforce has really great opportunities for you to earn certifications about their product, which obviously leads them to a pool of people to look at when they're doing hiring or when they have uh, third-party contracts uh, availability. What he looked at was how are the disconnect between the people that are getting these done not getting into jobs either with Salesforce or with other areas? Or maybe they have lots of technology knowledge and they're interested in doing something different in their career or maybe due to COVID have recently lost their role, but they're not able to find something. So what he's done is created a way to have a community to influence these people in how they should be working forward. Uh, the greatest example he shared, which is something everyone can do, is not just hitting like on LinkedIn. When you read something and it's really impactful, send it forward, make a comment on it. Um, if someone's asking a question, give an answer. Go out and do some research on their behalf. Show your value. That's really the key in being noticed and being acknowledged and possibly getting a job offer. Um, it's really, really important for people right now, particularly when so many businesses have had to transition, when layoffs have occurred. Unfortunately, we may see more in the near future. We're not sure yet. So being prepared, getting your credentials updated, having things in your toolkit, but also then showcasing what you can do is really, really valuable. So he works with a group. Uh, they have several people that help mentor. They work through things, they learn, uh, they showcase how they've earned their certifications and the type of projects that they've worked on. It's really just a great opportunity. And it ties back to some of the things that he does on his Salesforce team, which is working to uh, innovate new products, to figure out what's needed, to talk with their customers and figure out what are other things on the wish list. It just really ties together nicely. Uh, Boyan makes the best of all the technology and all the community and all the people together and makes one world where everyone's working on a positive uh, focus and goal, and at the same time, getting things accomplished. Tammy Guler-Love was another uh, guest that we had, and she was one that I know many of you probably thought in the beginning, why would she use technology? She's an executive coach. And if you're unfamiliar with executive coaching, um, that is typically someone who is hired by a senior administrator who's looking to expand their knowledge and expertise. They want someone to coach them in their um, alignment for advancement within their own company or perhaps to find a new job. They're wanting to create their leadership attributes for success, for teams, for leading their company, um, for really just putting together their own personal brand and their own package of what they bring to the table and how they can help a company be successful. So usually uh, she'll meet with a person regularly. They may you know, do some different types of uh, workshops, but it's very much an intimate setting. It's usually a one-on-one -on -one, and it's always about that individual and helping them become a better uh, professional. So all of a sudden, one-on-one -on -one became very difficult this year. So Tammy moved things to webinars, uh, live online sessions, and she even helped with online mock interviews. So they didn't lose any traction in the goals that they had set and were trying to move forward. She just had to incorporate technology to make sure that it happened in a different way. 
the really good thing that came out of it is many companies that have been hiring over the summer had to use technology in order to conduct their interviews. They were not able to bring people in. So they may have had two or three online interviews with two or three different groups within the company in order to get hired for a key role. So not only did she teach them about moving their own personal brand forward and getting their skill set ready, but she also taught them how to be comfortable in the technology, what they should do to make a good first impression, what they should look like, their background should look like, all of those things. So it became a double learning curve. They were able to learn not only what they needed to from hiring her as an executive coach, but also how to navigate the new and different paradigm that we're currently in so that they could still go after that key role, whether it was in their current company or they were looking to move onward. We had great guests this year and it was just fascinating um, to just see how these things have rolled out and adapted during the pandemic. So we're continuing to see overall an expansion of virtual summits across the nation and across the globe for crowdsourcing and investor meetings. Again, um, even for startups, the pivot of showing your product or service online is key. Networking with others in Zoom rooms or through digital presentations is also really, really important for you to gain traction. This is how you're going to be successful. If you've not had to do anything in that kind of environment yet, I suggest you get some volunteers, you hire a coach, you find someone who can work with you and help you get that comfort level that you need when doing those types of presentations or activities online. Remember, this is not like presenting at a conference. It's not one-way communication of you just talking and showing slides and moving forward. This is actually just like being in a room. So if you think about something like uh, Shark Tank, suddenly those six people are in six little boxes on your screen and they're watching you to have you showcase what your product is, what it's going to do, why they should invest in it, uh, you know, what, what your business plan is, all of those things now have to be seen through a digital lens. So think about that. Think about how you're going to answer them, talk back to them, recognize that you need to pause and let them finish talking because sometimes there's a delay in the technology. All of these things are key to knowing what they do and what you do. Understanding how to change your screens effortlessly so when they're watching you and they're watching your presentation, they're not jolted by your not being able to pull something up onto the screen or not being able to turn something off. Um, you want to make sure all of your technology around you is off so that there's no sounds or phone ringing or other things that are going on. All of those things are key and so important when you're now doing a virtual summit or doing crowdsourcing or investor meetings. So continue to think about ways and look at every day. What are the things that you do in your day and how can you do them differently with technology and how can you have an advancement as a result of it? We love bringing you guests, news, and updates from the EdTech world. Our goal is to share unusual ways education and technology connect and how it ultimately affects all of us. We'll be starting our second round of five guests next week and we'll be looking at uh, different products and services, and we hope that you will join us. I really want to thank you for listening today.
For more information on our podcast or to listen to a full interview of our past guests, visit our website at www.downingedtech.com or search EdTech Speaks on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google, or Acast. We also invite you to check out each of their own websites of our guests for updates and new information on these continuous projects and their new projects. So until next time, keep on learning. Thank you for listening to EdTech Speaks with EdTech strategist Cher Downing. To learn more about the services Downing EdTech and its staff can provide you, find us at www.downingedtech.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to share it. We'd also like to hear from you regarding any suggestions for topics or guests and the value you received from our show. Check back for new podcasts with featured guests at www.downingedtech.com backslash podcast. Thank you.